you know, on Tuesday morning, I went up on Mount Thompson and uh, went with a group of other pastors from town. Um, there's a picture of them there, right, uh, Jack? There we are. So, uh, some of you don't know these guys. I'll, I'll, I'm the guy, obviously, on the left. And then Herman Kuhn, who's the pastor at New Life. And uh, Lucas is the associate pastor at Crescent Baptist. And Rick Bettig, who's the new pastor at Crescent Baptist. Maybe some of you haven't met him yet. And then, of course, Stephen Snyder at formerly Glad Tidings, but now Grace Christian Fellowship, as they've incorporated under a new name. And so, uh, the five of us, actually, Rick's uh, brother-in-law was up there with us as well. He's the guy taking the picture. Um, we spent an hour and a half, uh, we spent the whole morning up there, but about an hour and a half just praying together for our valley. And it was, it was amazing to be up there and just see the, the, the valley spread out in front of us, right? You, how many of you have been up there? Been up on Mount Thompson? And you know how amazing it is to see the whole of our crest, well, almost the whole. I know most of Erickson was kind of cut off, to be honest with you, from where we were standing, but... We didn't, we didn't take that as a sign or anything. We just prayed for the whole, the whole valley. We could see it all, right? Figuratively speaking. So we prayed for the families in our valley. We prayed for businesses. We prayed for dairy farms. Can I get an amen? Yes. We, we prayed for orchards. We, we, we prayed for businesses. We prayed for the hospital and doctors. We prayed for the schools and the teachers. We prayed for our leaders. We prayed for a love among the churches in the valley. We prayed for creativity in our churches as we reach out to our community, and we prayed for openness and humility in all of us. But above all, we proclaimed God's love and God's freedom over this valley, knowing that we were praying according to God's will, knowing that it's God's will that every man, woman, and child in our valley come to know Jesus' loving purpose for their lives. And that's what we prayed. As we were praying, um, a fog began swelling up. For you locals, you know where it came from. It came from right kind of where the Galeuses and the McBlains, <laughs> the Priors and the Jaggers live, you know? You know that spot between Mount Thompson and the Skimmerhorn? Well, up from them, I don't know what was going on in their families that day, but up from them, this fog began to swell up the draw. And uh, as we were praying together, we, we watched it. And the fog was, was beautiful. It was rolling up the hill. You could see it. and It was penetrating all the forests. And it was coming toward us. And we all started to watch it and uh, see it coming. It was amazing. And when this fog hit us, all of a sudden, everything was obscured. You know, we couldn't see the valley anymore. We couldn't even see the sun. We were inside of this fog. The temperature dropped several degrees. And we could feel the moisture on our faces. And we just continued to pray through this fog. But all of us were thinking about it because it was such a visual, such a powerful experience. And we began to prayerfully reflect together in the variety of ways that this fog sort of impressed something upon us. You know, metaphorically. And, and what struck me was this. I'll tell you what struck me. Here we were praying for this majestic valley that, that we're a part of. That we have this uh, blessing, this privilege to be part of and a light in. We're praying for this valley and it's spread out before us. So it's the reason why we're up on the mountain, right? So we can have this amazing view of the valley so we can pray for it. And now, right there on the valley, all of a sudden, or on the mountain rather, looking down the valley, all of a sudden, we couldn't see a thing. Nothing. Up, down, all around. Uh, all we could see was each other. We weren't much to look at as you saw earlier. Uh, only dense fog, just rolling vapors. And it was like in that moment, God said, yeah, 
I have called my church to proclaim my love to this valley. And as you do that, there will be times when you can't see a thing. There will be times when you will not be able to see what's in front of you. You will not be able to see where you're going. You will not be able to envision what lies ahead. You know, at one moment you had a vision and all of a sudden it's gone and you're in the cloud. And it's like God's question to me was this. Will you, even during the times when your vision is obscured, will you continue to rely on my faithful love for the church and follow me into the fog? That was the question I felt like God asked me, but asked us. And there it was. Because God is faithful, we can walk fearlessly into the fog. Today we celebrate the 75th anniversary of the Erickson Covenant Church. 75 years, it's a long time. Some of you really know how long it is, right? But we don't celebrate 75 years of human accomplishment. We don't celebrate 75 years of how great the Erickson Covenant Church is. What we celebrate is 75 years of God's faithfulness. That's what we're celebrating today. We celebrate Jesus who birthed the church 2,000 years ago who has been faithfully leading and guiding and filling His people down through the centuries. Right up to the moment in you know, 1939 when a group of families and a few individuals in this valley, hearing the call of God, decided to begin gathering as a church. Today we celebrate the faithfulness of God. You know, right there, I was thinking about that, right there at the beginning of the Erickson Covenant Church, Do you think these folks had any idea of what God was going to do through them? Do you think that the Peterson brothers who had driven through during the 30s on the Canyon Circuit, who made their way all across the Kootenays and down into the States, preaching and gathering with Christians, do you think that an inkling of how far God was going to take their efforts, their dreams? Do you think the Johnsons or the Ledbetters who were founding members of this church, do you think they ever imagined how God was going to use their simple faithfulness, their simple gatherings to transform so many lives and families into the future? Do you think the Gardners and the Wilkinsons could have possibly known the ways that God would lead this community into faithful mission for 75 years? Well, maybe they did. But maybe they didn't. Maybe the vision was really clear to them. Or maybe it was foggy. What we do know is this, that God's faithfulness created in these brothers and sisters of ours, most of whom have passed, but to whom we owe so much, that God's faithfulness created in them a fearlessness and a courage and a passion to see the name of Jesus glorified and the lives of men and women and children transformed by the Spirit of God. And under the faithful leadership of Jesus, the Erickson Covenant Church was formed. And for 75 years, through lots of fog patches, And also, under clear summer skies, the Spirit has led us. Faithful is the day that He first birthed the church in Jerusalem. Faithful is the day when a bunch of Swedish covenanters got on a boat to leave for America. Faithful is the day the Johnsons and the Ledbetters and the Gardners and the Petersons, among others, gathered in faith and fearlessness to become the Erickson Mission Covenant Church, as we were called back then, to be salt and light in this valley. Today we celebrate God's faithfulness to us. And during our celebration meal today to follow, you're going to have opportunity to hear more stories. Stories from you. Also a story that's been written by one of our own historians, which I'm really looking forward to.
But as we celebrate God's faithfulness, we have to ask, what does it mean for us now, today? You know, as we look back at this 75 years of faithfulness, what does it mean for us going forward? What does it mean for the Erickson Covenant Church here in 2014? What does it mean for us to follow the faithful lead of Jesus into His future for us? Into His future for this valley? Well, I want to direct our attention just for a few moments to Paul's famous letter to the church in the ancient city of Philippi. For many of you, the verses we're going to look at today are pretty familiar. If you've been around church circles for a while, they're kind of old hat, in a good way. If you're new to church, and I know some of you are, if you're new to the whole church thing, the Bible thing, you're going to hear today some beautiful words of promise that you can hang on to. Here's what's interesting about this letter. Paul wrote these words to a group of Christians when he looked back at their history from the time that they had been planted to the present day. So he's looking back from where they're standing back to their origins. And this is what he said in verse 3, Philippians chapter 1. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Now, this church in Philippi had been planted by Paul through an unusual set of circumstances. Paul, he'd been traveling through Asia, and he'd been planning to go into certain cities. This is his practice. He looked for strategic cities, cities that were on trade routes, uh, cities that had significance, and he would go in and he'd begin to share the good news about Jesus. And people would begin to gather and he would, he would meet with Jews in their synagogues. He'd meet with, with Greeks or Gentiles or whoever was there out in the marketplace. And Every day, all day, he's connecting with people and he's sharing the good news about Jesus. Well, he'd been doing this and he had a plan. He had a route, you know, marked out that he wanted to go. But on this particular trip, God got in the way. You can read about it sometime if you want to catch up in Acts chapter 16. The Holy Spirit kept stepping in their way and stopping them from where they thought they were supposed to go. It was like the Holy Spirit had become like a divine herd dog, you know, nipping at their heels, keeping them in line, driving them to the coast. And so Paul, wondering what's up, didn't quite know what to do because everywhere he planned to go, he seemed to be stopped. And so knowing that God had called him to preach, he was really clear on that one. He knew what he had to do, but somehow find himself in this place where he's prevented from doing the thing he knew he was called to do in those places he thought he was supposed to do it in, he lands at the coast. I see it, it's kind of like a fog, you know, rolling up the hill. You know, he had this vision, even a vision of a place, he knew where he was supposed to go, but somehow the path was obscured. Well, on some night in the city, port city of Troas, God gives Paul this vision of a man calling them to come and to share the good news with them across the water over in Macedonia. And that's all Paul needs. You know him. He just jumps in a boat. His guys come with him. He's confident in God's direction. And where do they end up? They end up in this city, Philippi. This special Roman city. It's one of these rare places in the ancient world where you could be born in that city and be a Roman citizen, even though it was placed far outside of Rome. Ex, a lot of ex-soldiers and ex-commanders in the army and their men had taken up residence there. Well, when Paul lands, he searches, as he always did, for some place. He didn't seem to find a synagogue there. He heads down to the river and he finds a few people who are open to Jesus. A few people who are gathered to pray. A woman named Lydia, she hears about Jesus. She's excited. 
And she becomes the first patron of this church family. And it's from her house that Paul sort of sets up base and begins to share with the community about this Jesus. His death, his resurrection. He establishes the church in Philippi from that small group of mostly women gathered down by the river. So when Paul says, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, that's where his mind goes. His mind goes back to that beginning, that humble beginning down by a river, gathering with a few God-fearing women. And he's thinking about how at those humble beginnings of this tiny church, how God had stepped in and began to transform lives and it led to a transformation of a whole generation. And they were, by the grace of God, influencing their city for Jesus. And that, that, you know, that trip wasn't easy. This is also the same time that Paul and Silas, they run into some conflict with some local guys who had been benefiting from the bondage of a young woman, the spiritual bondage of a young woman. And they, they confront that and they end up in jail, illegally beaten and in stocks. And it's this beautiful story of here these guys are in the darkest you know, hellhole possible, chained to stocks, and they begin to sing praise to God. And in the midnight hour, the Holy Spirit performs this beautiful jailbreak, right? Sends an earthquake, shakes all the prisoners loose. But rather than running away, they run to the jailer. And the jailer is so amazed by these people, so amazed by the grace that he sees that he falls on his knees and he says, what do I need to do to be saved? What do I need to do to find Jesus? And his whole family accepts the good news about Jesus. His whole family becomes part of this Philippian church. This is what Paul's thinking about as he looks back. And it's as he looks back on all this history, he says, wow, I'm so thankful for you. But more than that, I'm confident. He goes on. He says, I'm confident that He, God, who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We've often, and rightly, I think, taken this verse to apply to our own lives. And you can take it that way. I encourage you to do that. To recognize that the work that God has started in you, He's going to finish. God is no quitter. But in this context, you realize He's speaking to this church. He's saying, God started you. God planted you. God got you going. And God is going to see His job through to completion that God was there at the beginning, that God is here now, and that God is leading you into the future. Do you hear the confidence in Paul's voice? It's the same for us. You know, I want to ask, is there anyone in the room who was present in the fall of 1939 when the Erickson Covenant Church was formed? Anyone. I know some of you were alive during that time, but how many of you were present at the founding of this church? Look around. How many hands are up? None. You and I weren't here when the Erickson Covenant Church was founded. The only one that comes close, I think, is Nellie, who happened along this little church in 1942. But it's still true that Jesus, who began a good work in the Erickson Covenant Church, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Until Jesus Himself returns to complete His global restoration project. And you know what that does for me? It gives me courage. It gives me hope. It gives me strength, especially on those days when the fog rolls in. You know what I'm saying? Especially on those days when our vision is obscured. 
When, when we're losing sight of what's ahead. When all we can see is each other. Take a look around. We can keep following Jesus, our leader, because He who is faithful will follow through on all that He has said He will do. Jesus is going to finish what He started. Here's the bottom line. Because God has been faithful in the past, we can be fearless into the future. Do you hear that? Because God is faithful in the past, we can be fearless into the future. Because God is faithful, we can fearlessly love one another. Which sometimes is hard. But we can do it. Because God is faithful, we can fearlessly love our neighbors. Even when they're scary. Because God has been faithful, we can fearlessly follow Jesus into our schools, into our workplace, into our businesses, and onto our farms, into our clubs, into our restaurants. Because God is faithful, we can fearlessly connect with the families in this valley who desperately need to know Jesus. Because God is faithful. Because God is faithful, we can fearlessly pursue the vision that God has given to us at the Erickson Covenant Church to help people find and follow Jesus, whatever it takes. Because God is faithful, we can fearlessly proclaim the love of Jesus to every man and woman and child in this valley. We can fearlessly proclaim it. Because God has been faithful in the past, we know that we know that we know that we know God will always be faithful into the future. Will there be times when we're tempted to be afraid, to be fearful? When the fog rolls in, will there be times when we just wonder what's going on? Yes. And it's in those times that we will remember that we are following a faithful God. Will there be times when we're tempted to pull back? Tempted to pull back from each other? Tempted to pull back from our neighbors? Tempted to pull back from the mission? Tempted to pull back because, ah, I'm just not sure where this is going. Yes. And it's in those times that we will remember that there's a promise we're holding on to. A promise from a faithful God. A God who will follow through on what He started. Who will complete His will in us. Who will work in us His kingdom that has come. Who will carry through to completion His plan to reconcile the world back to Jesus. God's faithfulness makes us fearless. In Hebrews 13.8, we read that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's this Jesus. This Jesus whose faithfulness is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's this Jesus who is leading us into the next 75 years. And because of that, we're fearless. We're not afraid. He is faithful. That's who we're following. Let's pray. Jesus, we are thankful. So thankful for your faithful leadership in this congregation all of these years. We are thankful for the faithful men and women and families who have served you, who have followed you in times when it's been really clear and times when it's been foggy. We celebrate your goodness today and your faithfulness. 
And Jesus, we stand here in 2014 recognizing that you have promised to carry through to completion what you started. And we're just saying, go for it. We're going to follow you into that. That we don't want to be guilty of standing on the sidelines. We don't want to be guilty of just riding on the coattails of those who've gone before us. That we, knowing your faithfulness and knowing your promise, we, we grab a hold of you and we want to follow you fearlessly into the future that you have for us, for our families, for this valley. So Jesus, I ask that by your Holy Spirit you would fill us with that courage that comes from you and that with a renewed confidence in you, we would fearlessly follow you into the future. In your name we pray. Amen.